0: So, we are doing chapter 18 from the Srimad Bhagavatam, canto 6. This is uh, the chapter is called Diti Vows to Kill King Indra. Until yesterday, what we were listening to was how the sage Chitraketu got converted into uh, <coughs> the demon, and uh, later on, the because he laughed at Shivji, so he was cursed, so he turned into the demon. So this was in continuation to the previous book that we were doing. So now we will see the next chapter which is talking of something different. Sri Sukadeva Goswami said, Prishni who is the wife of Savita, the fifth of the twelve sons of Aditi, gave birth to three daughters, Savitri, Vyarthi, Trayi, and the son's name Agnihotra Pashu, Soma, Chaturmasya and the five Mahayagya. O King Siddhi, who was the wife of Bhaga, the sixth son of Aditi, bore three sons named Mahima, Vibhu and Prabhu and one extremely beautiful daughter whose name was Asi. dhata the seventh son of Aditi, had four wives, named Kuhu, Srinavli, Raka, Anumati. These wives bore, begot four sons namely Sayam, Darsha, Prataha, and Purnamasa respectively. The wife of Vidhata, the eighth son of Aditi, was named Kriya. In her Vidhata begot the five fire gods named the Purishyas. The wife of Varuna, the ninth son of Aditi, was named Charshani. Brugo, the son of Brahma, took birth again in her womb. By the semen of Varuna, the great mystic Valmiki took birth. From the ant hill, Drugo and Valmiki were specific sons of Varuna, whereas Agatsya and Vashishta, rishis, were the common sons of Varuna and Mitra, the tenth son of Padishu. Upon seeing Purvashi, the celestial society girl, both Mitra and Varuna discharged semen, which they preserved in an earthen pot. The two sons, Agatsya and Vashishta, later appeared from the pot and they are therefore the common sons of Mitra and Varuna. Mitra begot three sons in the womb of wife of his wife, whose name was Revati. Their names were Utsarga, Arista, and Pipala. O King Parikshit, Indra, the king of the heavenly planets and the 11th son of Aditi, begot three sons named Jayanta, Sabha, and Midhusha in the womb of his wife, Paulumi. Thus we have heard. By his own potency, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who had multifarious potencies, appeared in the form of a dwarf as Urukrama, the twelfth son of Aditi. In the womb of his wife, whose name was Kirti, he begot one son named Brahat Sloka, who had many sons headed by Saubhaga. Later in the 8th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, I shall describe how Urukrama, Lord Vamandev, Dev, appeared as the son of the great sage Kashyapa. And how he covered the three worlds with his three steps. I shall describe the uncommon activities of he performed, his qualities, his power, and how he took birth from the womb of Aditi. So this will be done into two more cantos are left. This is the sixth, seventh, and eighth. All right. Now let us let me describe the son of Aditi, who was begotten by Kashyapa, but who became demons. In his demonic family, the great devotee Prahlad Maharaj appeared. And Bali Maharaj also appeared in that family. The demons are technically known as Daityas because they proceeded from the wombs of Diti. First, the two sons named Hiranyakashyap and Hiranyaksh took birth from Diti's womb. Both of them were very powerful and worshipped by the Daityas and the Dhanavas. The wife of Hiranyakashyap was named as Kayado. She was the daughter of Jamba and the descendant of Danu. She gave birth to four consecutive sons known as Samlada, Anulada, Lada, and Pranlada. The sister of these four sons were known as Simhika. She married a demon named Viprachit and gave birth to another demon named Rahu. All these are characters which we are going to keep on meeting them off and on. They are all part and parcel of our life also. If you see, you know, they, they, they form a chain. Somewhere down the line, the chain is going to be there. We are going to keep on meeting them. While Rahu in disguise was drinking nectar among the demigods, the Supreme Personality of God had severed his head. The wife of Samarada was named Kriti. By union with Samlada. Kriti gave birth to a son named Panchajana. The wife of Lada named Dhamini, she gave birth to two sons named Vatapi and Ilwala. When agatsya Muni became Ilvala's guest, Ilvala served him a feast by cooking Vatapi, who was in the shape of a ram. So all kinds of concoctions are there. Huh? The wife of Anulada was named Surya. She gave birth to two sons named Bakskala and Mahisa. Pralada was one son, Virochana, whose wife, gave birth to Bali Maharaj. Thereafter, Bali Maharaj begot 100 sons in the womb of Asana. Of these 100 sons, King Bana was the eldest. The activities of Bali Maharaj, which are very laudable, will be described in the 8th canto. King Bana was a great worshipper of Lord Shiva. He became one of Lord Shiva's most celebrated associates. Even now, Lord Shiva protects King Bana, Bana's capital, and always stands beside him. The 49 Maruts, demigods, were also born from the womb of Diti none of them had sons although they were born of diti king indra gave them a position as demigods king parikshit inquired my dear lord due to their birth the 49 maruts must have obsessed with a demonic mentality why did indra the king of heaven convert them into demigods did they perform any rituals or pious activities maruts are another of those you know which we have they have come from this particular race. So now we are going to hear their story. My dear Brahmana, I and all the sages present with me are eager to know this. Therefore, O great soul, kindly explain to us this reason. See, Sutta Goswami said, O great sage Saunaka, after hearing Maharaj Parikshit speak respectfully and briefly on topics essential to hear, Sukdev Goswami was well aware of everything, praised his endeavour with great pleasure and replied, Sri Sukdev Goswami said, just to help Indra, Lord Vishnu killed the two brothers Hiranyaksha and Hiranyakasya. Because of their being killed, their mother Diti was overwhelmed with lamentation and anger and contemplated as follows. These are the two Rakshasas who were the Dwarpals of the Lord and they were cursed so they were born in the womb of Diti. And Hiranyaksha and Hiranyakashyap, These are the two demons who are going to fight the two lords in their two different avatars. Lord Indra, who was very much fond of sense gratification, has killed the two brothers, Hiranyaksha and Hiranyakashyap, by means of Lord Vishnu. Therefore Indra is cruel, hard-hearted and sinful. When will I, having killed him, rest with a pacified mind? That is what his mother is thinking. When dead, the bodies of the rulers, known as the kings and the great leaders, will be transformed into worms, stools or ashes. If one enviously kills another for the protection of such a body, does he actually know the true interest of life? Certainly he does not. For if one is envious of another entities, he surely goes to hell. Diti thought, Indra considers his body eternal and thus he has become unrestrained. I therefore wish to have a son who can remove Indra's madness. Let me adopt some means to help me in this. So Diti is going to now devise a plan by means of which she can subdue Indra. Thinking in this way, with a desire for a son to kill Indra, Diti began constantly acting to satisfy Kasyapa by her pleasing behavior. Now Kasyapa Muni is a Muni who, if you recollect, you know his wife she traps him into this particular, uh, you know, uh, mode by which these two children are born. Now what she is going to do is she is going to try another technique. Now she is going to become very nice and, (coughs) you know, goodly so that she can have a better son. O King, Ditya always carried out Kashyapa's order very faithfully as he desired, with service, love. Humility and control, with words spoken, words spoken very sweetly to satisfy her husband, and with smiles and grace at him, Diti attracted his mind and brought it under her control. Although Kashyapa Muni was a learned scholar, he was captivated by Diti's artificial behavior, which brought him under the control. Therefore, he assured his wife that he would fulfil her desires. This is the second time this is happening. The first time it happened in a different way, second time now this is happening. Such a promise by a husband is not at all astonishing. In the beginning of creation, Lord Brahma, the father of the living entities of the universe, saw that all the living entities were unattached. To increase population, he then created woman from the better half of the man's body. For woman's behavior carries away the man's mind. (laughs) So now we know why eh, the woman is called the better half. So all the good qualities went to the woman, all the bad qualities came to the man. (laughs) And that is why she is called the better half. But what happens to the uh, man? His mind gets carried away by her. So this is the reason why Brahmaji has created this strange phenomenon. Oh my dear one, the most powerful sage Kashyapa. Being extremely pleased by the mild behaviour of his wife Diti, smiled and spoke to her as follows. Kasyapa Muni said, O oh beautiful woman, O oh reproachable lady, since I am very much pleased by your behaviour, you may ask me of any benediction you want. If a husband is pleased, what desires are difficult for his wife to obtain either in this world or in the next? A husband is the supreme demigod of for a woman. Is that today's day? <laughs> It doesn't work like that. The Supreme Personality of Godhead, Lord Vasudev, the husband of the Goddess of Fortune, is situated in everyone's heart and is worshipped through the various names and the forms of the demigods by fruity workers. Similarly, a husband represents the Lord as the object of worship for a woman. My dear wife, (coughs) whose body is so beautiful, your waist being thin, a conscientious wife should be chaste and should abide by the orders of her husband. She should very devotedly worship her husband as a representative of Vasudev. If I go and tell this to the feminists of this world, they are going to slaughter me, you know? <laughs> my dear gentle wife, because you have worshipped me with great devotion, considering me as a representative of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, I shall reward you by fulfilling your desires, which are unobtainable from an unchaste wife. Niti replied, O oh my husband, O oh great soul, I have now lost my sons. If you want to give me a benediction, I ask you for an immortal son who can kill Indra. I pray for this because Indra, with the help of Vishnu, has killed my two sons Hiranyaksha and Hiranyakasya. Upon hearing Diti's request, Kashyapa Muni was very much aggrieved. Alas, he lamented, now I face the danger of the impious act of killing Indra. <laughs> He's going to be responsible for that. Kashyapa Muni thought, Alas, I have now become too attached to a material enjoyment. Taking advantage of this, my mind has been attracted by the illusory energy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead in the form of a woman, my wife. Therefore I am surely a wretched person who will glide down towards hell. This woman, my wife, has adopted a means that follows her nature and therefore she is not to be blamed. But I am a man, therefore all condemnation is upon me. I am not at all conversant with what is good for me, since I could not control my senses. Actually, the controlling of the senses, mind, body are the most important part for those who are interested in the spiritual advancement in their world. So the idea is that in the previous line, he has written this, this my woman, my wife has adopted a means that follows her nature. The nature is what we always keep on saying, you know. Everybody has a particular nature which is inherent nature. The inherent nature of man is one. The inherent nature of woman is one. So, both these natures should be understood by human beings. Those who are on the spiritual path should understand how the inherent nature of both these creatures are. A woman's face is attractive and beautiful as a blossoming lotus flower during autumn her words are very sweet and they give pleasure to the ears but if we study a woman's heart we can understand it is extremely sharp like the blade of a razor in these circumstances who could understand the dealings of a woman (coughs) Raj you are laughing (laughs) to satisfy their own interest women deal with men as if they were as if the men were most dear to them, but no one is actually dear to them. Women are supposed to be very saintly, but from their own interests, they can kill even their husbands, sons or brothers or cause them to be killed by others. I promise to give her a benediction and this promise cannot be violated. But Indra does not deserve to be killed. In these circumstances, the solution I have is quite suitable. So he is going to come up with a solution. Okay. Sukdev Goswami said muni thinking in this way became somewhat angry condemning himself for Maharaj Parikshit descended to descendant of Kuru. he spoke to Diti as follows muni said my dear gentle wife if you follow my instructions regarding this vow for at least one year you will surely get a son who will be able to kill Indra however if you deviate from this vow of following the Vaishnava principles you will get a son who will be favourable to Indra Diti replied, My dear Brahmana, I must accept your advice and follow the vow. Now let me understand what I have to do. What is forbidden and what will not break the vow. Please clearly state this to me. Kashapamani said, My dear wife, to follow this vow, you do not do not be violent or ca- cause harm to anyone. Do not curse anyone and do not speak lies. Do not cut your nails and hair and do not touch impure things like skulls and bones. kashyapa Muni continued, My dear gentle wife, never enter the water while bathing, never be angry, do not even speak or associate with wicked people, never wear clothes that have not been properly washed, and do not put on a garland that has already been worn. Never eat leftover food, never eat prasada offered to the goddess Kali, and do not eat anything contaminated by flesh or fish. Do not eat anything brought or touched by a shudra, nor anything seen by a woman in a menstrual period. Do not drink water by joining your palms. After eating, you should not go out in the street without having washed your mouth, hands and feet. You should not go out in the evening or with your hair loose, nor should you go out unless you are properly decorated with ornaments. You should not leave the house unless you are very grave and sufficiently covered. <laughs> Actually. Today if you think about all these do's and the don'ts, no, nothing applies, absolutely nothing applies. Kashyapa Muni will be banned, banished from this place. <laughs> you should not lie down without having washed both your feet and without being purified, nor with wet feet nor with your head pointed west or north. You should not lie naked or with other women or during the sunrise or sunset. Putting on washed clothing. Being always pure and being adorned with turmeric, sandalwood, pulp and other auspicious items before breakfast, one should worship the cow, the brahmanas, the goddess of fortune and the supreme personality of Godhead. With flower garlands, sandalwood, pulp, ornaments and other paraphernalia, a woman following this vow should worship women who have sons and whose husbands are living. The pregnant wife should worship her husband and offer him prayers. She should meditate upon him thinking that he is situated in her womb continued, "If you perform this ceremony called Pumsavana, this is this is this ceremony is uh, basically like a, a Vrat as we call it, you know, vrata. So this Vrat is to be followed. I, I have, even today some of the women in India do follow this kind of Vrat. It's called <coughs> say Pumsavana, adhering to the vows with faith for at least one year, you will give birth to a son destined to kill Indra." But if there is any discrepancy in the discharge of this vow, the son will be the friend to Indra. O King Pariksit, Diti, the wife of Kashyapa, agreed to undergo the purificatory process known as Pumsavana. Yes, she said, I shall do everything according to your instructions. With great jubilation, she became pregnant, having taken semen from Kashyapa and faithfully began discharging the vows. O king, who are respectful to everyone, Indra understood Diti's purpose and thus he contrived to fulfill his own interests. Following the logic that the self-preservation is the first law of nature, he wanted to break Diti's promise. Thus he engaged himself in the service of Diti, his aunt, who was residing in an ashrama. So now, you will find, this all twist, the story may twist. So Indra Dev is come over there. So Indra served his aunt daily by worship, bringing flowers, fruits, roots and wood from Raya Yaginas in the forest. He also brought kusa grass, leaves, sprout, herb, waters exactly at the proper time. O King Parikshit, as the hunter of deer became like a deer by covering his body with deer skin and serves the deer, so Indra, although at heart the enemy of the sons of Diti, became outwardly friendly and served Diti in a faithful way. Indra's purpose was to cheat Diti as soon as he could find some fault in the way she discharged the vows or the ritualistic ceremony. However, he wanted to be undetected and therefore he served her very carefully. O master of the entire world, when Indra could find no faults, he thought, how will there be good fortune for me? Thus he was full of deep anxiety. Now Indra is going to find out method by means of which he could destroy her vrata, you know. Having grown weak and thin because of strictly following the principles of the vow, Diti once unfortunately neglected to wash her mouth, hands and feet after eating and went to sleep during the evening twilight. Finding this fault, Indra, who had all the mystic powers, the yoga Siddhi, such as Anima and Laghima, entered Diti's womb while she was unconscious, being fast asleep. After entering Diti's womb, Indra, with the help of the thunderbolt, cut into seven pieces her embryo, which appeared like glowing gold. In seven places, seven different living beings began crying. Indra told them, do not cry. And then he cut each of them into seven pieces again. Okay. So now he is creating an army of those different beings. O king, being very much aggrieved, they pleaded to Indra with folded hands and saying, Dear Indra, we are the Maruts, your brothers. Why are you trying to kill us? When Indra saw they actually were his devoted followers, he said to them, If you are all my brothers, you have nothing more to fear from me. Sukhdeva Goswami said, My dear King Parikshit, you are burned by the Brahmastra of Ashwatthama. But when Lord Krishna entered the womb of your mother, you were saved. This is a story from the Mahabharata, if you recollect. Ashwatthama had already released the weapon. The weapon was anyway supposed to destroy the child in the womb. Okay. and Parikshit was supposed to die but Parikshit got saved because Krishna enters the womb of his mother, Parikshit's mother and he saves him so similarly although the one embryo was cut into 49 pieces by the thunderbolt of Indra they were all saved by the mercy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead so Krishna has again saved these Maruts in the womb of Diti if one worship the Supreme Personality of Godhead The original person, even once, he receives the benefit of being promoted to the spiritual world and possesses the same bodily feature as Vishnu. Diti worshipped Lord Vishnu for almost one year adhering to the great vow. Because of such strength in spiritual life, the 49 Maruts were born. How then is it wonderful that the Maruts, although born from the womb of Diti, became equal to demigods by the mercy of the Supreme Lord? Because of worshipping the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Diti was completely purified. When she got up from bed, she saw her 49 sons along with Indra. These 49 sons were as brilliant as fire and were in friendship with Indra and therefore she was very pleased. Thereafter Diti said to Indra, My dear son, I adhered to this difficult vow just to get a son to kill your you 12 Adityas. I prayed to one son. But now I see that there are 49. How has this happened? My dear son Indra, if you know, please tell me the truth. Do not try to speak lies. <laughs> you know, Indra, is always used to telling lies. So he is going to do something. Huh? Indra replied, my dear mother, because I was grossly blinded by selfish interest, I lost sight of religion. When I understood that you are observing a great vow in spiritual life, I wanted to find some fault in you. So he is going to tell her. <laughs> Sad. When I found such a fault, I entered your womb and cut the embryos to pieces. First I cut the child in the womb in seven pieces which became seven children. Then I cut each of these children into seven pieces again. By the grace of the Supreme Lord, however, none of them died. My dear mother, when I saw all the 49 sons were alive, I was certainly struck with wonder. I decided that this was secondary result of you having regularly executed devotional service in the worship of lord vishnu although those who are interested only in worshiping the supreme personality of godhead do not desire anything material from the lord and do not even want liberation lord krishna fulfills all their desires the ultimate goal of all ambition is to become a servant of the supreme personality of godhead if an intelligent man serves the most dear lord who gave himself to his devotee how can the desire how can he desire material happiness which is available even in hell is also a question which we have to consider ourselves, you know. Like those who are rich and those who are praying to Lord Krishna. See, they are basically on one side they want riches and on the other side they want Krishna. But what is it that you are actually seeking? So you have to understand that there is no second one. Devotion is only single pointed devotion. Devotion cannot be too many. Too many people in this devotion can create a lot of problems. So that is the reason why it always has to be a single pointed devotion. Oh, my mother, O oh best of all the women, I am a fool. Kindly excuse me for whatever offences I have committed. Your 49 sons have been born unheard because of devotional service. As an enemy, I cut them to pieces. But because of your great devotional service, they did not die. Sukdev Goswami continued, Diti was extremely satisfied by Indra's good behaviour. Then Indra offered his respect to his aunt, with profuse obeisance and with her permission, he went away to the heavenly planets with his brother, the Maruts. My dear King Parikshit, I have replied as far as possible to the question you have asked me, especially in regards to the pure auspicious narration about the Maruts. Now you may inquire further and I shall explain more. So now this brings us to the end of chapter 18. So we will do the chapter 19. Alright. It's a small chapter. I think we will finish it. It's about the performance. Chapter 19 is performing the Pum, Pumsavana ritualistic ceremony. That's the ceremony which the Aditi had performed, okay? so that she can get a son who can kill Indra. But unfortunately, Indra was able to do what was necessary and he created the maruts and they became his friends. Maharaj Parikshit said, my dear Lord, you have already spoken about the pumsavana vow. Now I want to hear about it in detail. I understand that by observing this vow, one can please the Supreme Lord Vishnu. Goswami said, "On the first day of the bright fortnight of the month of Agrahayana, that is during this month, you know November-December month, following the instructions of the husband, a woman should begin the regulative devotional service with a vow of penance." for it can fulfill all one's desire. Before beginning the worship of Lord Vishnu, the woman should hear the story of how the Maruts were born. Under the instructions of qualified Brahmanas, in the morning she should wash her teeth, bathe, and dress herself with white cloth and ornaments and before taking breakfast, she should worship Lord Vishnu and Lakshmi. She should then pray to the Lord as follows, My dear Lord, You are full of all opulences, but I do not beg you for opulence. I simply offer my respectful obeisance unto you. You are the husband and the master of Lakshmi Devi, the goddess of fortune, who has all the opulences. Therefore, you are the master of all the mystic yoga. I simply offer my obeisance unto you. See, this is a prayer which we also have to basically do. Every time when we go to some temple or stand in front of our, you know, God in our house, there is no need of asking. We keep on asking, demanding things. I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. There is no need of asking anything. Because the Divine Lord, that is the Supreme Divine Consciousness that is there, he is definitely planning everything for us. Why should we have to ask him for anything? Oh my dear Lord, because you are endowed with the causeless mercy, all opulences, all promises, and all glory, strength and transcendental qualities, you are the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the master of everyone. After profusely offering obeisance unto Lord Vishnu, the devotee should offer respectful obeisance unto Mother Lakshmi, the goddess of fortune. And pray as follows. O wife of Lord Lord Vishnu, O internal energy of Lord Vishnu, you are as great as Lord Vishnu himself, for you have all the qualities and opulences. O goddess of fortune, please be kind to me, O mother of the entire world, I offer my respectful obeisance unto you. And these are the prayers that you are supposed to say. O Lord Vishnu, full of six opulences. You are the best of all enjoyers and the most powerful. O husband of the Mother Lakshmi, I offer my respectful obeisance unto you who are accompanied by the many associates such as as Vishwaksena. I offer all the paraphernalia for worshipping you. One should chant this mantra every day with great attention while worshipping Lord Vishnu with all the paraphernalia such as water for washing his feet, hands and mouth, water for his bath, one must offer him various presentations for his worship, such as garment, a sacred thread, ornaments, scent, flowers, incense, and lamps. Sukadeva Goswami continued, After worshipping the Lord with all the paraphernalia mentioned above, one should chant the following mantra while offering 12 oblations of ghee into the sacred fire. Om Namo Bhagavate Mahapurushaya Mahavibhuti Patyae Swaha if one desires all opulences, his duty is to daily worship Lord Vishnu and his wife Lakshmi. With great devotion one should worship him according to the above mentioned process. Lord Vishnu and the Goddess of Fortune are immensely powerful combination. They are the best of all the benediction and the source of all the good fortune. Therefore the duty of everyone is to worship Lakshmi Narayana. One should offer obeisance unto the Lord with a mind humbled through the devotion. While offering Dandavat, Dandavat means falling down on the feet. By falling on the ground like a rod, one should chant the above mantra ten times. Then one should chant the following prayer. My Lord Vishnu and Mother Lakshmi, Goddess of Fortune, You are the proprietor of the entire creation. Indeed, You are the cause of the creation. Mother Lakshmi is extremely difficult to understand because she is so powerful that the jurisdiction of her power is difficult to overcome. Mother Lakshmi is represented in the material world as the external energy. But actually, she is always the internal energy of the Lord. My Lord, you are the master of energy and therefore you are the supreme person. You are the sacrifice, that is Yajna, Prasasmifite, Lakshmi, the embodiment of spiritual activities is the original form of worship offered unto you, whereas you are the enjoyer of all the sacrifices. Mother Lakshmi, who is here, is the reservoir of all the spiritual qualities, whereas you manifest and enjoy all these qualities, indeed, you are actually the enjoyer of everything. You live as the super soul of all the living entities and the Goddess of Fortune in the form of their bodies, senses and mind. She is also the holy name and form, whereas you are the support of all such names and forms and the cause of their manifestation. You are both the supreme ruler and benedictor of the three worlds. Therefore, the Lord, Uttam Sloga, may my ambition be fulfilled by your grace. Sukhdeva Goswami continued. Thus one should worship Lord Vishnu who is known as Sri Nivasa along with the mother Lakshmi the great the goddess of fortune by offering prayers according to the process mentioned above after removing all the paraphernalia of the worship one should offer them water to wash their hands and the mouth and then one should worship them again thereafter with devotion and humility one should offer prayer to the lord and mother Lakshmi then one should smell the remnants of the food offered and then again worship the lord and Lakshmi Accepting her husband as a representative of the supreme person, a wife should worship him with unalloyed devotion by offering him prasad. The husband being very pleased with the wife should engage himself in the affairs of the family. Between the husband and wife, one person is sufficient to execute their devotional service. Because of their good relationship, both of them will enjoy the result. Therefore, if the wife is unable to execute the process, the husband should carefully do so and the faithful wife will share the results. One should accept the Vrata which is a vow and devotional service and should not deviate from the execution to engage in anything else. By offering the remnants of prasada, flower garlands, sandalwood, pulp and ornaments, one should daily worship the brahmanas and worship women who peacefully live with their husband and children. Every day the wife must continue following the regulative principle to worship Lord Vishnu with great devotion. Thereafter Lord Vishnu should be laid in his bed and then one should take prasada. In this way husband and wife will be purified and will have all their desires. The chaste wife must perform such devotional service continuously for one year. After one year passes, she should fast on the full moon day in the month of Kartika, that is October-November. On the morning of the next day, one should wash oneself and after worshipping Lord Krishna as before, should cook as one cooks for festivals as stated in the Grahaya Sutra. Sweet rice should be cooked with ghee and with the preparation, the husband should offer oblation to the fire twelve times. Thereafter, he should satisfy the Brahmanas. When the satisfied brahmanas bestowed their blessings, he should devotedly offer them respectful obeisance with his head and with their permission, he should take prasada. Before taking his meal, the husband must first seat the acharyas comfortably and along with the relatives and friends should control his speech and offer prasad to the guru. Then the wife should eat the remnants of the oblation of the sweet rice cooked with ghee. Eating the remnants ensures a learned, devoted son and all the good fortune. In this vow of ritualistic ceremony is observed, according to the description of Shastra, even in this life, a man will be able to achieve all the benediction he desires from the Lord. A wife who performs this ritualistic ceremony will surely receive good fortune, opulence, sons, a long living husband, a good reputation and a good home. We have come to the end of this, so last line is there. If an unmarried girl observes this Vrata, she will be able to get a very good husband. If a woman who is Avira, who has no son or husband, executes this ritualistic ceremony, she can be promoted in the spiritual world. A woman whose children have died after birth can get a child with a long duration of life and also become very fortunate in possessing wealth. If a woman is unfortunate, she will become fortunate and if she is ugly, she will become beautiful. By observing this vrata, a diseased man can gain relief from the diseases and have an able body with which to work. If one recites this narration while offering oblation to the Pitas and the demigods, especially during the Shraddha ceremony, the demigods and the inhabitants of Pitraloka will be extremely pleased with him and bestow upon him the fulfilment of all desires. After one performs the ritualistic ceremony, Lord Vishnu and his wife, Mother Lakshmi, the Goddess of Fortune, are very pleased with him. O King Parikshit! Now I have completely described how Diti performed this ceremony and had good children, the Maruts and a happy family. I have tried to explain this to you as elaborately as possible. This ends the chapter 19 of the Srimad Bhagavatam from Canto 6. So we have come to the end of Canto 6. So this was an entire you know, story about how to get you know, a good son. But what does our great friend do, he goes and cuts them up into 49 different pieces and he makes friendship with them and so they have now become friends with, with Indradev and that is the way in which this whole story has ended. So after this uh, we shall be doing the next tanto. I I don't think there is anything that needs to be explained over here except this part that the maruts are a particular category of the deities which have been promoted from the daitya category to the deity category so that is all that you need to know so we shall end over here if you have any questions you can ask me otherwise we can stop we can stop over here or if you have any questions